Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Demon Land podcast. Uh, my name is Andy, and joining me, as he does each and every week, Grape Viney. Good evening, Grape Viney. How are you? I'm excellent, Andy. Thank you. Oh, uh, well, the streak has uh, come to an end. Um, our uh, record breaking or our attempt to break the uh, most quarters uh, one in a row uh, came to an end and I felt a little bit sad at quarter time. Um, we had got ourselves back into the game. That was good, but uh, I don't know. Well, how did you feel about not uh, not continuing on our winning quarter ways? Uh, I'd forgotten about it, to be honest. Um, and I was just grateful to, as you say, be back in the game at quarter time, given the way it, it started in those first uh, sort of 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Yeah, well, we'll talk more in depth about the game. But yeah, I, I think maybe for me, it was a little bit more personal. I've got a couple of nephews who are Geelong supporters. And as we all know, they uh, hold the current record of quarters one. And it would have been a nice feather in my own cap uh, to be able to take it to them. Uh, post-game, but uh, wasn't to be. Um, but we'll move on. We'll talk about that a bit later on because uh, shortly we're going to take a break and we'll bring on our special guest tonight. We've got, uh, we're lucky enough to have uh, James Harms joining us shortly. So uh, before we do that, we might just quickly talk about, uh, and if we don't have enough time, we'll continue it later, but uh, Queen's birthday and the fixture in particular, um, Eddie Maguire, uh announced this week that he wants to wrestle that back from us, uh, meaning uh, the home games uh, being our home game. And he was, look, he was generous enough to to give us that home game uh, on a blockbuster while we're struggling. And uh, now that we're not struggling anymore on and off the field, uh, that he thinks it's time to... uh, Does he want to share that with us, as in not share the receipts, but uh, one year on, one year off, or does he want it back uh, to make up for lost time? Uh, no, it'll be a one-year-on, one-year-off arrangement. But uh, I don't know, is that better than gate-sharing, just gate-sharing it? Um, and Melbourne, you know, having to say the home fixture and the use of its um, facilities well, uh, and then giving Collingwood half the gate, I mean, that serves the purpose, doesn't it? But Well, they probably few... also want the, um, you know, the home as well um, in terms of uh, members yep. getting uh, the facilities as well. And I've got no problem with, with doing it year on, year off, but I would like it to coincide uh, with our Anzac Eve fixture. So one the year we have the Anzac Eve, maybe Collingwood has the Queen's birthday and then just swap it around because yep. we, we probably need that big one. Or alternatively, uh, if we're not going to be able to have that, then perhaps the AFL can give us something in return. Perhaps the you know first Friday night, of the year against Collingwood maybe or against another big uh, club. Um, and we were talking before off air about the um, Neil Danaher MMND, uh, um, perhaps maybe taking that away from the Collingwood game and going with Essendon because they've got a bit of a stake in there too with Neil Danaher. Yeah, that's the suggestion of uh, um, FND on Demon Land or Far Northern D, which is, I reckon it's a good suggestion. Collingwood, their supporters, at least some of them, whinge about being involved in the MND calls when it's got nothing to do with them. Um, well, that's that's not necessarily you... true because there's many people suffer from that. It's not just the, uh, well, the face yeah, of it uh, in, in, in uh, Danaher. Collingwood's stupidity. Yeah. But uh, I do like the idea of having it... Um, 
going forward as an Essendon match because one, it could generate you know a bigger um, a bigger crowd and focus and energy for that game and turn it into a bigger game each year. Um, and obviously, the Collingwood games are going to be big drawing games anyway, so it wouldn't sort of affect uh, it wouldn't affect those games. And it's interesting you talk about playing Collingwood uh, on the Friday night in round one. I think we um, we actually lobbied the AFL for that game this year and didn't get it. And Glenn Bartlett was in the Australian uh, either yesterday or the day before saying that we wanted that fixture again. So there's a few competing narratives going around about what's going to happen with Queen's birthday and in the Collingwood fixture generally. Uh, Peter Jackson was also sort of quoted, and he seemed to be at odds with Eddie. So I don't think it's resolved yet. Yeah, well, that's uh, the. Uh, it's, I guess it's a watch this space type of thing. I just had a look. Who was the um, to see who was the Friday night uh, first Friday night game of the year? Obviously, uh, Carlton and Richmond kick off the year on the Thursday night, uh, but Adelaide played Essendon. Um, Friday night uh, this year, and um, there's not really any rivalry between them. Um, well, look, Essendon made the finals last year, uh, sort of, <laughs> I won't say by default, because we should have been there. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I think that first Friday night probably should be a block, but whether it's Melbourne and Collingwood or Melbourne and Essendon, I, I don't know, it should be should be something that's, that's a bit of a, a blockbuster um, yeah, but from the AFL's rivalry. perspective, they need to spread them out over the year, and I think you can have sort of blockbuster fatigue. Yeah. And there's a lot of games early in the season, just because that's when the public holidays fall. Um, Anzac Day, you know, we've had Anzac Day uh, dream time, um, and uh, at the end of this weekend, Queen's birthday already, as well as Easter, um, and the uh, sort of the novelty of the first round. So. I can understand the AFL's reluctance to perhaps uh, schedule a game, a massive game on the Friday night when the Thursday night game is still such a big drawing game. Um, but you'd think that if we, you know, finish high up the ladder this year and Richmond are obviously going to, you'd think that as just part of the draw in that you play um, the teams in your part of the ladder, um, you tend to play those teams twice. You'd think that the AFL will probably schedule a second Richmond game, uh, Richmond-Melbourne game next year, um, which we haven't got this year. Yeah, well, we haven't played a, a, a couple of uh, big teams twice in a, in a while. Um, we never play Essendon twice, it seems. Um, no. Hmm. Anyway, um, I think what we'll do now is we'll uh, we'll just take a, a short break. We're just going to get uh, James on the phone, and we'll be back. Uh, we'll be back in a moment. You'll hear some uh, uh, what you're hearing pre-show, and uh, we'll be back in a moment. Better movement. This blast it long. Oh. Small in their forward line. That's why. <laughs> gathered his own crumb. He's got Neil Bull in the pocket in a paddock. He gathers. He can give it. Harms. Sidestep. He's got his own ball. Short. 
towards half forward. Here goes Harms again. He might kick number three for the oh, quarter. Yeah. He should kick number three for the quarter. And he does kick number three for the quarter. Our guest tonight has played 55 games for the Demons since making his debut in 2015. During that time, he's lined up in just about every position on the ground you care to name, with stints down back, up forward, on the ball and even in the ruck. He's a passionate D through and through. Welcome to the Demonland podcast, James Harms. G'day, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's not a problem, James. Uh, you, you couldn't have come on the program uh, at a better time. The team is flying with uh, six wins on the trot and you're playing the, uh, the best and most consistent footy of your career. Uh, what do you put your good form down to? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a great time to come on, isn't it, and have six in a row. So uh, I'll just say probably um, the group's, you know, really confident at the moment and um, I guess... A lot of the younger guys are starting to play some good footy and uh, I think we're just starting to link it together and building a real confidence around the club and within the group. And um, Yeah, we're just really excited about where we can go. Uh, you were nominated for Mark of the Week this week, James, uh, for that screamer against the Dogs. Have you got the family and friends working in the AFL site over time with uh, lots of repeat nominations for, for your good self? I wouldn't call it a screamer, but uh, yeah, Mum's been all over Facebook and sharing <laughs> it around, and Marnie's, and um, yeah, my family, yeah, they all love getting around that. But um, yeah, definitely not a screamer by any stretch. I wouldn't have thought. Uh, it was still a great mark. Um, uh, as we mentioned in the intro, uh, you've played in just about every position on the ground, uh, including the ruck, uh, so kudos for, kudos for that. Uh, where do you think your best position is, um, or are you happy to just embrace whatever role that Goody and the coaches assign to you uh, because the flexibility and versatility seem to be an important commodity in the football department's eyes? Yeah, I, I, I did play a couple of games just as pinch hitting in the ruck, which... Not gonna lie, I didn't love it, um, but yeah, probably at the moment, um, I probably see my best footy as uh, inside mid. Um, but it's pretty hard to crack in there when you got Vines and Jonesy and and Clary and, and Gussie starting to come along. So um, at this stage in my career, I'm probably uh, inside mid, and then yeah, if, if I need to go down back or you know go up forward, then yeah, I'll just play my role for the team. Uh, hard running is sort of a feature of your game. Have you sort of focused on that specifically um, or, or sort of worked on that specifically? Because, uh, as I say, it seems to be a real feature. Um, yeah, I, I guess a little bit. Running um, both ways, I guess. Um, I've probably gotten a bit fitter, um, a bit leaner, so I feel like I'm covering the ground a bit better and... Um, I'm not like I'm not one of the standout runners in pre-season, but um, I don't know. I just yeah, I guess over over the probably the last five years, built my tank up and um, feel like I can run out an AFL game pretty well. Uh, Jake Lever's unfortunate knee injury on the weekend means the back line needs to be rejigged. Um, there's a number of possibilities of Casey who might come in to fill that role. How do you see that playing out? Um, or can you know Michael Hibbard um, take over Jake's role and someone come in and play the role that uh, that Hibbo's been playing? You're good in the yeah, air. Can well, you do it? You go, mate. Sorry. You're good in the air. Can you do it? 
Oh, I don't know if I can do it, but yeah, it was obviously really disappointing um, hearing the news of Jake's knee. Um, but, you know, with, with that negative comes a positive that someone else would get the chance to stand up. And I reckon it might be Jolly Smith. Um, he's really athletic. Uh, he's played a few games, uh, matured over the preseason, playing some good form down at uh, Casey. Um, but if not him, uh, probably Frosty, and then, yeah, allow Hibo to drop off a bit more, and Frosty will probably play a bit more lockdown. Yeah. Yeah, so we, we've got a massive uh, game coming up on Queen's birthday. It's almost like a mini final, uh, given the crowd you'll be playing in front of. Um, are the players using the, the disappointment of the Round 23 game last year as any type of motivation, or have you moved past that and uh, left that in the past? Um, yeah, I think probably left that in the past. Um, we're, we're, we're pretty motivated each week just to go out there and, um, and win anyway. So um, we don't need a whole lot of motivation. Um, but obviously it's going to be a big game. You know, it's probably going to be 80 to 90,000. And, um, you know, it's an MND game for, uh, you know, the, the Queen's birthday. So it's, it's a big one. And I guess it is kind of like a final, a little final. We've got, you know, Collingwood who are going pretty well and us as well. So, yeah, it's going to be a great challenge and the group's really excited. And, um, yeah, it should be a good hit out. Uh, James, Jesse Hogan's one of your good mates at the club. Uh, tell us a bit of, uh, a bit about him and how he's going because he's not only having a sensational season, but it looks like he's really enjoying his footy this year after... Uh, what was a, a pretty tough 2007, uh, 2017, sorry. Yeah, big hoax, yeah, he's going well. Um, he's having a great year. and uh, Yeah, he's a great salary. We love to get down and go for a surf here and there. Um, we haven't been down for a while because there's been no waves, but, um, yeah, he loves his surf and he loves his PlayStation. Um, yeah, he's a real good salary to be around, and um, it's great that he's having a great year, you know, Last year was really tough for him, and um, you know I'm really happy for him, and hopefully he can keep that up because he's a big part of the way we play. Yeah. Uh, James, you're, you're part of a midfield that includes uh, one of the best handballers to emerge uh, in the game for a generation. Uh, tell us a little bit about Clary and how his game impacts those around him, and how do you accommodate a player like that and his ball-winning ability and incre- just incredible hands? Hands uh, uh, Does that, like, influence the rest of you? Yeah, he's, he is a jet, isn't he? I remember um, on the first day of pre-season when he came down to the first day, he was uh, he was doing it since then. So um, all, we've always known he's had the great talent and, um, you know, even last year you've probably seen a lot of it. But, yeah, he's it's it's very easy to read it when you see Clary going near the ball because he never fumbles um, and he's got great vision and, yeah, he's, as you said, a very good handballer. So, um if I see him going near, I'll start to pull out a bit because I know he's going to get the handball on me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, James, it's our understanding you grew up a D supporter. Um, who were your demon heroes as a as a kid? Um, and, you know, did you uh, manage to get to games every week or were you playing your own junior footy and you didn't always see Melbourne? How, how was that growing up? Yeah, yeah. As a kid, I was did support the D's. Um, 
my favourite player was probably uh, David Neitz or Travis Johnson when I was growing up. Um, but I actually, as a as a young fellow, I got to go to a fair bit. But as I was, you know, 16, 17, I was playing TSC Cup, so it was hard to get down. So when I actually got to Melbourne, it's a bit sad. I actually didn't know a lot of the players, so I hadn't watched much of the footy because... Um, I used to play a lot of tack cup games on Sundays, and so did the D's. So um, yeah. it was hard to watch games. Well, you're you're living all of our dreams. Um, what was it like uh, getting drafted uh, by the team that you barrack for? And uh, does that hold like an extra meaning, like when you don on the jumper or sing the song after a win? Yeah, well, draft day was I obviously missed out on the uh, national draft. Yeah, you were a rookie. Um, yeah, and I, I knew that the D's are pretty keen. On me, um, so going into the rookie draft, I had a, I, I wasn't too sure. I was my confidence was a little bit down after missing out on the national draft. So, um, but I remember just sitting there behind the laptop, and obviously because of the rookie drafts on the internet, and I was home alone, and I clicked refresh on the uh, page, and there was my name, pick two to Melbourne, and I honestly couldn't believe it. I was I was gobsmacked, um, and then yeah, told mum and. Mum started crying, uh, rang dad, and yeah, it was a pretty special moment to not only myself but my whole family. And then yeah, pulling on the jumper every week. I um, both my pops were uh, Melbourne supporters, so I give my number a kiss to them because they're up in uh, heaven now. But uh, I do that every week, and it's just something I've done since day one. And um, yeah, I'm really proud to pull on the Melbourne jumper, and um, I hope I can do it for years to come. You mentioned you mentioned the you know, the kissing of the number. Was there any significance of why you um, changed to number four? Uh, did that have any significance with that? Um, no, not really. Mine's uh, Josh Mahoney from uh, manager for the football club. Uh, he just asked me one day in pre-season if I want to change to number four, and I kind of always wanted to keep number forty-three. But I've, I've been wearing a higher number since I was. What, 16, so I thought, oh, maybe I'll give give a lower number a, a try, and um, I think it's going all right for me so far. Oh, it certainly is. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, uh, after you were picked up in the rookie draft, uh, you got a frank assessment from uh, Paul Ruse and Josh Marnie midway through the 2014 season, essentially telling you to, to shape up or ship out. Tell us about that and how you went about um, implementing sort of professional standards and uh, an attitude and things like that. Yeah, I've got a bit of a, a talking to in my first year. Um, I, I was probably just, you know, an 18-year-old kid who just came out of school and to be honest with you, I probably wasn't ready for AFL footy um, uh, mentally. Physically, I probably was, but mentally, I, I didn't I didn't realise how, um, how hard you had to work and um, you know how much it changed from TFC Cup to going into a, an elite environment, um, and then Nathan Jones played a big part in um, helping me, you know, get my career back on track. And um, I still think him to this day. And I, the, the things I changed, I probably just started doing extras around the club, um, asking more questions, and um, just trying to every day get the best out of myself. Um. You also punctured your lung uh, while you were at Casey, which uh, kept you out for a while. 
Um, as a rookie trying to have an impact and make an impression in your first season, how disappointing was uh, that? Was that? Yeah, it, it was a little bit disappointing. It was, um, yeah, probably just more frustrating. Um, as you said, you know, I was a rookie. I was on a one-year deal, so um, I was trying to play as much footy as I can. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just, you know, had to deal with it and um, work hard. And, yeah, didn't get his crack at AFL that year, but um, lucky enough got another contract and then um, got my chance that next year, so... A little bit frustrating, but not really too disappointing. Uh, in your final season of uh, TAT Cup footy, you received the most determined award, uh, something which, for, certainly from a supporter's perspe- uh, perspective, we can see has shaped your career um, at the D's. How hard was it to break into the team and how do you feel sort of pressure now, um, given the competition uh, for spots, when you've got players um, of the likes of Jeff Garland and, and Dom Tyson uh, who are playing at Casey? Yeah, um, it was, that's a great question, actually. Um, it, it, was super, it was super hard to crack in. Um, but once, I always said to myself, once I crack in, like, I never want to lose my spot. So um, I don't know, every week as when I go out there, when I pull on the jumper, yeah, I just want to give it my all and, um, you know, give the coaches no excuses. Um, and sorry, what was the second part of that question? How do you feel pressure um, to sort oh, of keep your pressure. spot? Um, with, yeah. Not, not a, definitely feel, I don't feel any pressure when I'm playing, but there's definitely pressure within the selection because there's obviously a lot of good players playing at Casey this year. Um, but I feel like, at the moment, um, you know, I'm in pretty good form, so I don't have, a, I don't feel like I've got a lot of pressure on me, as in the way I'm performing. But um, yeah, I know if I do slip up in a game, then probably the pressure will start to build because, as I said before, there's a lot of good players coming up through uh, Casey. Yep. James, you've, you've got a brother, Jack, who plays for the Dandenong Stingrays, and I believe he's debuting that this week. I, I read that somewhere. Is that true, that he's, he's debuting yeah, this week? Yeah, uh, he debuted last week. So oh, he last week. on the weekend. Yeah, so um, he's had a bit of an up-and-down start to the season, a um, few injuries, but uh, hopefully he can hold his spot in there and, you know, never know what could happen. Maybe... Come in the year, we could have another Harms on the list. Well, that's, that was the Fingers next. Crossed. That was the next thing I was going to ask you. Uh, what's his prospects, and uh, is it possible that he'll follow in your footsteps and become a, another in a long line of brother combinations that the D's have had over the years? Um, oh, definitely, anything's possible. <laughs> um, I think he just needs to get a bit of confidence and um, get a few good games under his belt, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he's. Uh, could be a good chance, but yeah, at this stage, he probably just wants to play some good tuck-up footy and um, you know, get a kick down there. Uh, one last one for you, James. Um, Tom McDonald joined a long list of players uh, to re-sign uh, this week. Um, where are you at in terms of sort of contract talks uh, with the club and when can we expect you to ink a new deal too? <laughs> yeah, it's good to see Big Tommy sign on again. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm in talks at the moment, so, uh, you know, my manager's working through that with the club, and um, I'm sure that'll get done soon, 
sooner rather than later. But, um, yeah, hopefully in the next couple of months, I'd say. Good stuff. Fantastic. Great to hear. Well, well, James, we really want to thank you for joining us on the podcast tonight. Uh, uh, thank you for giving us your time, and uh, we look forward to seeing you for the rest of the year. You're playing great footy at the moment, and it's just great to see. So good luck for the rest of the year. No, thanks, Heath, Andy, and uh, thanks, Jason, for uh, having me on. Really appreciate it. Not a problem. Thanks, mate. Uh, good luck, and we'll speak soon. Cheers. Go, James. See you, all right, that was uh, that was James Harms. Uh, that was a great interview. Um, really honest, and um, yeah, it seems to be uh, really enjoying his footy at the moment. And um, yeah, great. Why wouldn't he be? He's playing good footy. The team's playing great footy, and he's playing for the club that we all love. So he must be loving life. Yeah, I um, yeah, uh, like I love hearing uh, you know when you know knowing that uh, a, a kid. Barracked for the, uh, you know, he's playing for the team that he barracked for a, a, as a kid. As I said, he's he's living all of our dreams. We all dream that one day we'll play uh, for the D's. I'm, you know, I'm over forty now, and I, I'm still um, still dreaming about it. And uh, it, well, it's not going to happen now. <laughs> but, <laughs> Probably not. No. <laughs> anyway, if I play a few good games, maybe they'll uh, maybe they'll draft me. Um, but he's he's doing well to get a run in that midfield rotation. As he said, he's not first cab off the rank. He knows that. But uh, when he goes in there, he's going all right, Harmsy. Yeah, he certainly, he certainly does. Um, uh, yeah, having a great year and, um, yeah, I'm enjoying watching him play. And uh, I think he was a bit um, – I think it, that was a bit of a screamer that he took. Um, I think he I was think playing so. that down. I got excited. Yep. <laughs> I jumped out of my seat. Um, we'll talk about the game now. Uh, what did you What did you think? I, I was a bit nervous early on. Um, things weren't really clicking uh, in the beginning, uh, but I will say uh, I got a stack of free I, well, kicks early. So I was I? just about to say that. Look, uh, you're never going to blame the umpires for for uh, for losing you a match, but. They did everything possible in that first. We just worked, first of all, we weren't getting anything, and they were they were getting everything things that I didn't even think were there. And I'll I'll tell you who really really annoys me is um, is that uh, Razor Ray. Uh, he was. Did you see him? Uh, he called quite a few free kicks, being not only the second umpire away, but sometimes the third umpire away mm. from a, a contest. And I don't know. What, what do you think of uh, umpires doing that? I think there's. I don't. I'm generally not an umpire basher, but I think there's merit to the theory that Razor Ray is a bit of a look at me, and he feels the need to insert himself into the game. And they just there's too many whistles to um, full stop, and then you see things like I don't know whether you saw the stats differential, uh, the free kick differential over in WA for West Coast versus St Kilda over the past four years or something, and it's it's like 95 to 39. Um, so well, that's the that's the crowd aspect uh, to it. But when you play Melbourne Western Bulldogs at Etihad Stadium, uh, we probably had there were we more pro- there were more, That's right, there yeah. were more demons. So uh, that's that's not happening here. 
but I get the West Coast one because we always get a terrible trot, whether it's in Adelaide or or, um, or Western Australia. And then even when we're getting more free kicks, the crowd just gets even more feral and then the umpires start the old evening up thing. So it does affect us even when we're getting on top with the free kicks. But when it's in Victoria and there's, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see it. There'll be more Collingwood supporters, arguably, on the weekend uh, or Monday. Um, but, yeah, it doesn't happen as much in Victoria with two Victorian teams. Um, hmm. Anyway, that wasn't the main thing yeah. on the weekend. It wasn't. Uh, as you say, early on, things just weren't clicking for us. The ball wasn't bouncing the right way and um, all those little things that have really gone our way the last um, you know, the last few weeks were just off a little bit. Couldn't capitalise on uh, the forward 50 entries. Um, but, look, there's still found a way and still managed to kick 15 goals. Was it 10? I yeah, think? 15, 10, 100. We, uh, <laughs> I was praying, like, when we didn't to get... get to 100. Yeah, so when we didn't get the, uh, quarter, the uh, quarter record, I was just hoping we'd get over 100, and I think Jesse uh, ticked it over to 100 with that point on the siren. Uh, so thank you, Jesse, for uh, at least yeah, uh, hitting something. I him, yeah, I did I want six. him to kick that six because <laughs> I want him to win the Coleman medal. He's playing very good footy at the moment. Um, I'm really, yeah, I agree. I want him to win the Coleman as well. It's it's going to be tough uh, ben, with Ben Brown sort of, uh, you know, he's playing in a team that's uh, winning games at the moment. But Jesse, um, considering the amount of time that he plays up the ground, um, you know, that's got to factor into, you know, um, just how good he is. And he's still kicking goals. He's kicking bags of goals. Um and his kicking is really good this year. Yeah, it's centre. When was it? Was it two years ago when he's um, when he's shots? You know, he had that bit of the stutter to run in. I think that's all gone now. And usually, when he's got ball in hand, you you pretty much uh, know that he's going to kick a goal. Um, kicked an absolute ripper, and not, he could kick two. He kicked that uh, banana from the boundary, but also that one. Um, I think we got it on Demonland as the video of the week. Uh, feature where he kicked it, um, you know, from an extremely tight angle. And uh, I was a little miffed that he didn't get in the goal of the week because I really thought it was a... It was a, a great kick. Yeah. And did you see that his opponent was, yes. <laughs> was mucking around with Gorn? Yeah. And Gorn's yeah. just pointed and said, Jess, he's kicking a goal. What are you doing, you idiot? Yeah, I was speaking to a bulldog supporter that night after that, and he, he was uh, he's, wasn't a big fan of uh, them them drafting or trading for uh, or however they got in the uh, as part of the free agency getting a uh, Trengove, the other Trengove. Um, yeah, yep. mm. yeah. Um, <laughs> so Jesse, fantastic. Uh, Tom McDonald just. Conti- uh, I mean, Jesse. Since Tom McDonald's uh, come into the team, so. Uh, it's just allowed Jesse as well. Uh, remember when we had that issue of Jesse going up the ground and not being able to kick to Jesse Hogan? Um, I he's think now ha- got Tom he's got. To kick that's down. right. So it's just they're a- both so strong in the air at the moment, though. Like they're both taking, uh, you know, eight plus marks a game. And I, th- I think one of the videos that the AFL put out on the weekend was, you know, Melbourne's aerial domination or something yeah and it just had a suite of hogan and mcdonald highlights well jesse's working beautifully together jesse taken 10 uh tom's taken 11 in this game 
Um, yep. And another stat that I saw, I was really impressed with Bailey Fritch. I, I've, I, every game this year, he's just getting better and better, and his aerial work's great. For, I mean, he's such a slight guy, but he takes some ripper marks and, you know, can compete well in the air against bigger bodies. And um, I'm, I'm super impressed with him. He had 26 disposals. Um, yeah, he's just really relishing p- playing up the ground. I mean, I thought he'd be you know, just afford for us sort of a bit of a replacement sort of for, for Watts. Um, but his, his work up the ground on the wing off half back is just fantastic. And what He's a pickup. a lot of the ball, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> it's unusual for newbies to get so much of the ball. Well, he's but, just uh, he's just he's slotted he's right sl- amongst it. He's slotted into the team just so well, and um, yeah, I mean, I mean, what a blessing that, you know that we had this guy uh, at Casey sort of you know fell into our lap, um, and we were able to snap him up uh, in in the draft and um, wrapped with him. Um, yep. Neville Jetta, um, I think he put another. Another stamp on his resume for for all Australian selection. Uh, well, people this, are saying this year. one of the best, one of his best games ever, which is a big call because he's played a hell of a lot of good games. But it's definitely up a hundred percent. It was up there. Um, did all the Neville Jetta stuff and that he does all the time. And one of the reasons last year we were so. Well, we were a little upset that he didn't get a nod at the end of the year uh, for All-Australian, but uh, he's put his hand up this year, and if he continues, then uh, almost be criminal uh, not to be uh, a selected. Um, but I noticed like, Robbo didn't yeah. have him, well, I was, nor did Gary Lyon. Oh, Gary did it. No, I think Gary did have him in his midfield, no, uh, his mid-year. Didn't. He didn't? No. Okay. No, but he sort of said Stand he correctly. wanted to, but... He'd been given a list and Jetta wasn't on it. Oh, well, doesn't he make his own list? So. Yeah, which seems a bit weird. <laughs> but. So, so Robbo, we'll, we'll talk about that list now. I mean, it's it's just one uh, one journo's uh, opinion, and uh, so he. Everyone likes the fact that you called him Slobbo. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The, I thought that was his nickname. <laughs> is that not his nickname, or is that just down no, his name? But I think they think it's. Uh, we must be enforcing the censor world because they think it's a censored word, perhaps. Oh, okay. I don't and think they, I've ever... They like the fact that it's got the demon land stamp of approval. <laughs> I, I, I was thinking, well, maybe I should change it. But then, you know what? I, look, I don't think I've ever punished anyone for... Not that I like... And look, I, I don't like... And you, I don't like to have to moderate heavy-handedly and we step in when we have to. But uh, look, I... I I thought that was an accepted nickname uh, for him. Uh, but anyway, um, I was surprised at his team. Look, I understand. Look, he didn't have Gorn in there at all. And uh, Grundy's had a, a great year this year. Um, and I'm not saying that Gorn should be in and Grundy should be out. But there's is there space for two Ruckman in, in a team like that? Particularly two Ruckman who have been playing great football or do you think yeah, this was to not? sell papers you know they always have uh, one controversial thing no but i think it's going to be controversial um you've got 18 you know you've got 18 clubs and 22 spots so invariably good players are going to miss out so you know there'd be 
um, supporters from other clubs who'd be whinging about their own players missing out. Oh, I'm sure. And I think <laughs> We're not the only Gorn, ones. Uh, Gorn and Grundy, they're very neck and neck, so you could swing both ways on that. Um, so... What did you think of... Nerf is a bit of a surprise, but Rory Laird, um, as a lot of people acknowledge, is having a good year for Adelaide. Yep. Um, uh, taking up one of those back spots... Um, uh, I think Hogan. Uh, so who's in there? Jesse yeah, well, and it's, Clayton. It's just Jesse and Clayton, but they're named on the bench, on the bench. and you could easily have both of them on the field. Um, look, uh, what's his name? Uh, Lance Franklin has missed a lot of footy this year. Um, Jesse hasn't, and Jesse's been great all year. It's not like he's just had a purple patch. Now he's was no, racking up right. lots of possessions early in the year. He's been kicking a lot of goals of late, and still racking up those possessions. Very stiff not to be on the ground, uh, you know. A hundred percent, because he could play in any of the forward spots, basically. Um, you know, you could name him in the forward pocket or on the half-forward flank or at either, either the key positions. But and, and, Chris oh, Judd on uh, Talking Footy the other night, no, not Talking Footy, Footy Classified, said that Jesse's the best, is arguably the best player in the competition at the moment. Um, as in the number one form player of the competition. And, and look, I'll, so. we can back that up with, with some stats. I'm just going through to our the Demonland Facebook page, which you can follow at, uh, at facebook.com slash demonland31 if you're not already doing that. Um, I'll, while I'm just searching for that, I'll take this opportunity. You can give us a call if you're listening uh, live to us now. Uh, we've got over 120 people listening, 130 now listening live. So if you do want to give us a call and discuss any of these issues, uh, 0390163666, that's 0390163666, or get on Skype and find Demonland31, we'll take your call. Um, so we've got, I've got some stats to actually back up um, uh, Jesse versus Darling and versus um, uh, Ben Brown. Um, so Jesse is second on the goal-kicking list behind Brown. I think he's four goals behind Brown. He's equal yep. with Darling on marks. I think they've got 78-something marks uh, each apiece. He has 30 more marks than Brown. 60 more disposals than Darling and 100 more disposals than Brown. Now, surely that gives him a, a position on the ground ahead of both of those players who are having fantastic years. I'm not taking anything away from them. But look at, I mean, those stats are Well, Darling's going to be out of the equation well, now because he's, he's out for a few weeks. Well, I'm talking injury, about this so. mid-year uh, All-Australian team. Yep. Uh, not that there is such a thing, but... Look, you know, same marks as Darling, 30 more than Brown, and Brown has a, a, a stack more free kicks, four as well, uh, that I can put in there. But 30 more marks than him and 100 more disposals than Brown. I mean, who would you prefer well, in well, your team? Brown's a stay-at-home full forward, and Jesse's... Uh... What, who would you prefer in your team? Well, I think it's a stupid question to ask us, <laughs> this yes. question, or anyone listening to this podcast, and... Um, but, yeah, I find uh, sometimes you have to look at some stats, um, not just who's kicked the most goals. And there's not much of a difference between uh, the two in terms of goals kicked this year. No, I'd love Jesse to win the uh, Coleman. That'd be great. Yeah, that would be nice. Uh, but I 
prefer to keep look someone said when i was when i was a little bit oh we do have a, a caller calling in so maybe we'll take that and we'll get back to uh jesse in a moment uh good evening welcome to the welcome to the demon land podcast you're on the air who am i talking to uh hello guys uh, hey hi how are you going good good don't make me angry oh don't make me angry how are you mate oh, i'm doing fantastic so what what kind um, of do- yeah the tennis this all Australian team, um, you know that demons we've always been hard done by. Like uh, when we made the grand final in the year two thousand, we only had um, Jeff Farmer make the all Australian side. So, you know, it's just the way it is, and um, you know we just don't make all Australian sides. We never have, never have for years. But why? Why shouldn't we? Um, <laughs> you know why? You know why shouldn't we make it? I, I, I'm not accepting that we've always been hard done by because I know we have always been hard done by. But we've got the runs on the board so far this year. Um, you know why, why isn't Jesse on that uh, on the field? Oh, it's just disgraceful. I've seen other other. Um, yeah, it doesn't seem to be in anybody's. Um starting lineup on all Australian. But, you know, it's you know the narrative for the last six weeks. We've beaten nobody. We've only beaten the bottom sides. Um we've beaten an Adelaide side with all their stars out. We've had an easy soft draw, you know, it's all those um all those and that's what it, uh, you know, most people still think, Oh, we haven't played anybody but like I always said, it's not it's not who you beat so much it's how you beat them. well exactly you know like last year we beat the same teams last year but we beat them like you know by two three four goals at the most our biggest win last year was 56 points against the doggies whereas this year you know uh most of our win we've got an average winning margin of um what is it over 40 points and that's you know the biggest in the competition i think uh, yeah <laughs> that it is um you know i don't I don't buy that uh, that the narrative of um, you know, with, especially with the Adelaide game that they had all those players out because um, we dismantled them. You know, beat them nearly by a hundred points. Uh, certainly, GWS didn't beat them by that much uh, this this week. So, um, give us a little bit of a credit. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I don't agree with the narrative either. But that's <laughs> yeah, this. Um, but the thing is, if we lose on Monday. Mm. You know what they're all going to oh, say? Yes, yeah, I told you so. Told you so. Uh, Melbourne's no good. They just uh, played every all the you know lucky. They were being lucky. You know, you know the way. So we have Monday. We've got to win for to, yeah. to keep the get the credibility. We have to win Monday. We lose it Monday, and it'll be a little bit of crisis for a couple of for a couple <laughs> of minutes until until we start winning again. You know, you know the way it is with the demons. Oh, I do, mate. I've been running this website uh, for nearly 20 years. I know, I know it, I know it very well, but um, yeah, it, it, this week is a, is such a, it's a really important uh, uh, game for us. It'll, if we can get a victory out of it, it, it you know, we start to get that credibility um Against an opposition that the a bit of the media darlings they're they're loving Collingwood at the moment the media and um, I don't see who they've beaten that's been as impressive you know that's been so impressive either to to not get the you know the same treatment we're getting from the media. Yeah, well they've beaten exactly the same teams we've beaten, but we've beaten those teams by ten goals plus, and they've beaten by twenty odd points. You know they only beat Saints by about twenty five points. 
They only beat the Dogs by 25 points. So we've beaten the same teams, but we've thrashed those teams by 10 goals plus. And they've, uh, even Adelaide, they beat Adelaide by 40, but we didn't beat them by 90. So every win they've had, we've doubled it or tripled it, you know? Yep, but we've got to do it this week against them, I think. And then maybe people will start uh, taking a look. Yeah, and I think James, I think Harms was not telling the truth there. The side will be burning this Monday. That will be, do they need motivation? No, we're playing pretty well, but if they don't come out firing and laying 50 tackles in that first quarter and absolutely burying every single Collingwood player in the ground every time they tackle, you know, every time that should be, every time Pendlebury gets the ball, um, Viney should just make sure it's his mission to drive them into the ground, you know. Um, it's a bit like early in the year, um, what's his name? Gary Ablett was lucky that Viney wasn't playing in the first round because <laughs> I'm sure Viney would have buried um, Ablett early on in that game and uh, there's no way we would have lost that Viney was playing because Ablett is, um, whenever he plays against Viney, he doesn't want to go near the ball. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Anything else? Uh, don't make me angry. What's making you angry <laughs> this week? <laughs> besides, besides no, people not selecting no, our just, players. Yeah, just uh, and and Neville Jedi. It's just a, it's just. Uh, but I was listening to FN the other morning, and I swear that Gary Lyon did say he put Neville Jedi in his back line because um, he definitely deserves to be in there. It, it, it's crap that he didn't make like he's been the best small. He's been the best. Small forward, um, back pocket player for the last three, four years. Yep, you're not going to get. Uh, you I'm not going to disagree with you there. Um, I, I'm just clicking on a link about uh, Gary Lyon and Nick Del Santo's uh, mid-year All Australian teams. And um, no, uh, Grape Viney, you are incorrect. They've just named their backline so far, and Gary does have ne- Neville Jetta in the back pocket. Well, he didn't on on the couch. Uh, on Monday night. This is on SEN's website, so perhaps he... Uh, um, different uh, different, uh, different uh, teams for different uh, outlets. There you go. But Nick Del Santo did not have uh, Neville Jetta in, in the back line. No. Well, there you go. All right, uh, don't make me angry. Uh, anything else? Uh, no, I'll just leave you with one thing. Um, go D's. <laughs> go D's, mate. All right, uh, you getting down there on uh, on Monday? Oh, no, um, uh, no, I don't think I'll, I can make it. I'm up, I'm up here in the Chuka, so I oh, okay. can't get to many games. No, that's all right. Uh, well, you'll be watching on TV, I'm sure. Yes, I'll be watching on TV. And, uh, uh, yeah, Clary's from up here too, um, from Echuca. His family's from Echuca here. Um, Clary is, but anyway. So uh, just, uh, just go D's and hope we pump those pies. Yeah, uh, yeah from uh, your lips to uh, Clary's ears. All right, um Thanks, mate. We'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, that was Don't Make Me Angry. Always great to uh, chat with uh, Demon Landers. If you want to join us, uh, you can call us 03 90163 That's 03 or Skype us, DemonLand31. You can also join us in our chat room uh, that we've got going at demonland.com slash podcast. If you signed up to Demonland, you can get in straight away and chat with us. If you're listening to this via the podcast, uh, either through SoundCloud or iTunes, um, yeah, join us live each week on a Wednesday. And um, 
Speaking of uh, uh, the podcast, next week uh, we will be chatting with none other than um, Paul Ruse. Um, so that should be a great conversation. I'm looking very forward to that. Um, and then um, the week after that, I'll, I won't announce it yet, but we've got another special guest coming up uh, the week after that, and we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll leave it hanging there. Um, great Viney. Um, other players, uh, Clary, Angus Brayshaw, both had almost 40 possessions apiece. I think it was 39 and 38 possessions. <laughs> both of them yeah. just... Uh, Clary was probably a bit cleaner with his uh, than Brayshaw. Yep. Some of Brayshaw's were a bit wayward, but uh, that's a bit whingy because he was really, really good again and uh, getting a heap of the footy. And uh, I haven't seen the numbers, I don't think, but I think getting a lot of metres gained as well. Um, I don't have on my stats sheet here the metres gained um, on there, Mm. but, uh, you know, Clary is certainly, uh, you know, gets a a heap of uh, contested possessions. And um, And there was a great kick on the weekend where he was just outside 50 and he had no space at all, but he spotted Hogan in the square. Yep and uh, put it on his chest, basically. Um, so super stuff. He's just uh, continues to be a delight to watch and is in all Australian form, Brownlow form, whatever you want to call it. Um, he's not really in the uh, in any of the um, top awards. five. None of them. He, he's not getting in coaches' awards. He's, he's in there, but not sort of top ten-ish. Um, uh, I don't know. I still think he could be a smoky. Uh, you know, sometimes there's those couple of those players that aren't in any of those awards but do get the umpire's attention. So it'll be interesting yep. come Brownlow night to see uh, where, how the umpires uh, view Clary. And he's certainly getting a lot more attention now from the media because there was that uh, article in the Herald Sun. Uh, I love the uh, headline of it, uh, Weapons of Mass Distribution. <laughs> um, he's starting to get a lot of people, you know, saying that he's as good as um, Greg Williams was and, you know, he's still a young kid and, you know, sky's the limit for him. Yep. Um Anyone, who else uh, impressed you on the weekend? Anyone else? Um, I mean, everyone is sort of contributing. It's, it's, it's hard to sort of pick anyone not, uh, you know, not sort of pulling their weight or doing, you know, sort of the things, uh, you know, Maxi once again. <laughs> was, it's, it's funny because we, slo- we were really sloppy at times and, you know, there were some terrible kicks inside 50 and things like that. Yeah, we still won by 49 points, so... Yeah. I found it a bit discordant after the game, as in I found a lot of the game frustrating because sort of the polish and the composure perhaps of the previous weeks wasn't there anymore. So, um, And then you look at the score and we've won by nearly nine goals. So, um, do, do you put any of that down to the shorter break that we had over yeah. the Bulldogs, the fact that we played in on a hot day in the Alice? That, that's all got to contribute to it. And yep. I'm glad we've got a nine-day break or whatever it is yes. uh, till our next game. I know Melksham sort of – did you see the incident where with his ankle? Uh, did you happen to no, see that? That looked no. it looked really bad, but uh, it so- sounds like he's going to play according to to Misson, and we'll talk about any potential injury list later. 
Um, I felt and in reverse levers look well, so innocuous. Well, yeah, knee yeah. hardly moves. Well, that can that can sometimes be the case with those uh, kinds of kinds of injury. And I think part of I felt quite flat after the win, uh, largely due to the fact that I sort of I sort of well I was quite negative. I'm quite negative, and I, I sort of knew. He was going to uh, be gone for the year, even though a lot of people were sort of holding out a little bit of hope that maybe it wasn't as severe. Um, but I felt quite flat and not not that I felt like a loss after it, but um, yeah, it sort of left me a little bit hollow uh, knowing that we've got such a great player who's not going to be there. And uh, he is an important player. I think we can, uh, obviously we can replace the position, but we can't replace some of what he brings to the team there's a stack of leadership and I, I i i watch him sometimes and in the last few weeks and he sort of marshals the troops quite a bit he's 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 a leader he he positions the players he he you know will point to tell players to go on the other side of the ground you know sort of marshalling the troops and uh we're, we're going to miss that on the field yep I mean, we sort of have to go back to our 2017 defence, don't we? Yeah. And at various times that had Hunt and, well, Hunt was in there most of the year, but, you know, Frost was in for periods and Joel Smith before he got injured, so... Mm. Well, it's interesting what James Harms said. He um, look, I don't know Joel Smith. Joel Smith really, so I uh, like, I don't know if he's saying that from any inside knowledge, or you know, I don't know how much the players would would know about that. But um, yeah, I'm... The, the other one is Wagner could come back in, and then Hibbard sort of does the does the intercepting. Look, no one's going to be able to replace uh, no. Jake Jake Lever, but um, you know we we do have a bit of depth, and uh, I don't think it's going to be as devastating. Uh, you know, I don't think all of a sudden we're going to fall into a heap. Um, and if our midfield keeps on getting, you know, for, and that's another thing, uh, we didn't get a stack of we got smashed in the clearances actually um, in this game. Um, but still managed, uh, as you said, win by 50 points. So, yeah. Um, anyone else? Uh, I was just about to say before Maxi, I was, uh, you know, 57 hit outs again. And uh, just some of the marks he takes around the ground is um, it's just beautiful to watch. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, what were Jack Viney's numbers in the end? Jack, Jack, uh, Jack had 22 possessions, uh, nine kicks, 13 uh, handballs. Um, so not huge numbers, but, um, you know, he, I don't know, just his presence, uh, his presence his in presence the team the field, is yeah. sort of, uh, I don't know. You know, it's, it's, he had a much quieter game than he had the week before, but, yeah, still... <laughs> We're a better team with him in it. Jonesy had a good 250th. He did. Um, I loved the goal that he kicked. I loved that he kicked a goal. It was a captain's goal. It, re- it, it really was a captain's goal, almost on 50. It just gun barrel straight. Um, and all the boys getting around him was, was just great. I, I, towards the end, I was hoping that he'd get another. Like There was a few times he got the ball in the Ford 50, and I was hoping he'd kick another. Uh, wasn't yep. to be. Um, all right, well, uh, 
move on from uh, the game. You know, we had uh, look. Everyone sort of did their bit, um, uh, and um, we'll move on. Uh, Tom McDonald's uh, re-signing—that's huge. Um, were you expecting it so soon? We knew it would come. Uh, we yeah, I didn't expect there to be any issues with it, and I don't expect there to be any issues with any of them. Um, so great, four years is great. Uh, it'll take him into the sort of twilight of his career. And by all reports, we don't know what the number was, but by all reports, he didn't hold the club over a barrel. So he's agreed to a reasonable sum instead of demanding the world. And a great clubman for that and other reasons. So, yeah, the form that he's in. Look, I think these guys um, realise... six weeks, he and Jesse have, have kicked nearly, I think, 38 or 39 yeah. goals between them. It's so. pretty impressive. Uh, it's, um, I, think, I think these guys uh, realise that there's something special brewing um, and, you know, they, they want to be a part of it. Um, so, yeah, that's great. Um, you know, probably could have asked, you know, considering his form, uh, probably could have kept it going for a bit longer, got a bit more. and Well, could have waited till the end of the year because yep. it looks like he's going to have a blockbuster season. So um, the fact that he doesn't look like he's gone shopping around to put his price up and things like that, I think it's it seems like the club is negotiating in very good faith with all of the players and in return the players are, are, are sort of bought in, basically. Yeah, well, that, that's great. It, it's uh, certainly different from the narrative at the um, at the beginning of the year with the whole camp um, camp thing, and you know there was rumours that uh, you know Goody you know wanted to resign, and you know people were saying, well, well you know, was, players aren't buying it. Yeah, look, look uh, and also happened. that there was division among the players. I mean, there's no yeah. evidence of division among the players, and no. there hasn't been all season, even when we weren't winning games. Um, and you can't play the kind of team football that we've played um, and there be divisions in the side. So I've never accepted that. And just to talk about that journo, Tom Norris, and Is it Mor- Morris or Norris? Morris, isn't it? Is it Morris, is yeah. it? Um, I thought it was Norris. Anyway, <laughs> um, he said on, on the couch the other night that Leon Cameron had also who coached from the bench on the weekend, had also been demoted to the bench. Isn't he the captain? Isn't he the cap- he's a coach? <laughs> he's the head coach. Yeah. All he said was that it was done by the quote-unquote GWS hierarchy. Hmm. And Rusey and Gary Lyon and John O'Brien didn't really believe him. And I thought to myself, how many clubs is this one story going to keep happening at? <laughs> um so, well, didn't we have confirmation about the um, the McCartney thing that it's not well, like we've had confirmation that he wasn't? Yeah, it was in the Herald Sun yeah. uh, last week or the week before. So, yes, like, but um, that simply wasn't true. And um, hmm. yes, so. uh, <laughs> clickbait. Um, yeah, it, it's great. So, who are, we've got to to still sign up this year? I, I guess the t- two. A couple of major ones, Brayshaw, I think probably want to lock away and uh, considering his former last couple of weeks. Um, and then I yep. guess Oscar. And, Nev, Nev and Oscar. Oh, yeah, yep. Nev too. Um, yeah, I, look, I can't see us, uh, I can't see Nev 
holding us to ransom. Um, he'll want to be a part no, of it. Nev is due a fair payday too. Yeah, and I yeah he's, he's worth it. Neville jet a contract thread, and I think it was Sons of Norm Smith suggested something like three sixty to three eighty a year for Nev over three years, and I thought that is criminally low um, for you know <laughs> one of the one of the best. Well, probably the best small defender in the competition, one of the best defenders in the competition. So, well, we spent half a program. There's no way he's getting 360. I can tell you that it'd be on more than 360 now. Yeah, look, I have no idea about that, but we've spent most of the program saying he should be all Australian. So, you got to give the guy what he's uh, what he's worth. Exactly. Yeah, uh, but as you say, don't expect Nev to hold the club to ransom. No, but no. Uh, you got to give the man. You got to give the man his worth, and uh, Nev's worth a fair bit. Yeah, yep, certainly is. Um, uh, yeah, I saw you know this week there was a thread on Demon Land about o- Ollie Wines, and you know he's no. holding off contracts. But I, 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 we can't. How can we get him? We, we, we'd have to trade for him, and unless you know, it always people get stupid and say, "Oh, we'll give him you know a couple of Casey players." Uh, for him, but that's not going to happen. We don't have the um, we don't have the currency. If you don't want to give away a good player um, for him, we don't have the draft pick uh, to give give them. Um, I'm sick of hearing about Ollie Wines. Do you know? I tried I, to. I wouldn't mind him in the team. There was an but... Ollie Wines thread about a month ago, let's say, mm. and I tried to just link it back to another Ollie Wines thread, um, which had was sort of one page off the main um, off the main page. Yeah. And there are there are ten Ollie Wines threads, and they get created every about three weeks. And someone's like, "Oh, Ollie Wines hasn't signed yet. Um, wouldn't it be great?" Someone then talks about Tompus and the whole decision. <laughs> Someone goes into um, Neil overruling Todd Viney, which of course is a basically a demon land myth. Um, but. You're right, we don't have the currency for wines, but also he's not first cab off the rake. No. Um, we don't need another... Look, you can never, perhaps you can never have too many inside mids like wines, but uh, Gaff, is the, um, Gaff is the one they want. Gaff is the one we need, not, not Ollie Wines. Yeah, and it's... Well, look, it seems like we're, we're going to be up there to get Gaff, so... That'd be fantastic if we can pull off something like that in the um, in the off season. So, uh, but look, we got uh, we got a lot of water under the bridge to go to till we get to them. But I, I think there, I don't, I don't think there's any point in even discussing the Ollie Wines thing because um, I see no way we could get him. With, no. We've got we got no draft picks to give them. Um, I don't know if we should be giving them up, even if we had them at the moment when there are free agents available um quality yeah, i don't think i don't think the club's yeah thinking that uh, that deeply about all he wants to be honest no neither do i um well casey um i don't know if uh, drunken 167 is about i don't, don't think don't, he's, don't, I don't think he's about tonight he's I, usually in the chat room yeah so. usually is i know he does work some uh wednesdays so uh drunken if you are there give us a call in this is the time to do it i didn't see the casey game all i can go by is um is what i've read on demonland uh during the week um do you have any insights uh, what did you nope. read um 
like in terms of who I guess we've got one change um, that's got to be made, and that's a defender to replace um, to replace Lever. Um, well, we know who it's going to be or who who's in the running. You've either got Smith, uh, Frosty, Wagner, Hunt, um, any of those yeah. guys they might bring in uh, to replace them. Um, I can't even say who's been out. Uh, you know, I know that Smith has been doing all right and Frosty's been doing okay at, at down at Casey. Um, By all accounts, Frost didn't have a great game on the weekend. Um, so, yeah. Well, I guess it's... I tend to th- I tend to think Smith will be the man because he is or meant to be strong in the air. So. Yeah. Um, hmm. Well, they've got the, the, uh, Collingwood, with the exception of Cox, don't have, uh, and I'm not sure what uh, is Darcy Moore back for them. Yet no. I know he is injured. Um, I know it's I hamstring. Think so. I think it had that he was still he was test, but I don't know. Um, but Cox is their big man. Other than that, they got a smaller forward line. Um, so I don't know if Frost will come in. Um, do you know how Hunty's been playing? I don't know Not if sure he's on been. The weekend, no, but uh, yeah, Hunt's definitely a possibility. Well. Uh, other changes uh, in terms of... Um, I don't think so, no. Uh, like, would you... Uh, I in, mean, who else is going to... Well... Who else is going to miss out of that side? Well, every week everyone says, well, are we going to rest uh, Spargo yet? <laughs> uh, are we going to rest Hannon? Um, look, neither of Hannon or Spargo uh, lit up the board in terms of possessions. Um 13 and 11, but still do, you know, I think Spargo, every time he gets the ball, he does something nice with it. He's, he's, and he works bloody hard. He His does. defensive game is really strong. Yep. There was, Channel 7 reported Mitch Hannon might be struggling to come up. Ah, uh, yes. I can't remember. D Zephyr in the chat room has just said, Hannon in, in, in doubt, someone has posted that. Uh, yeah. If he doesn't get up, Garlet or Bug. So, God, I hope it's not Bug. <laughs> Well, um, I'd much rather Jeffy, absolutely. Well, Jesse, if, uh, uh, Jeffy, I'd like for the you know it's a big occasion. Sometimes he rises to to these uh, you know these big games. Um, I, I've just I've pulled up. Uh, uh, I think it was uh, Baghdad Bob uh, wrote on the uh, Casey thread. He's given a a little little you know uh, paragraph on each player. Uh, he said uh, about Bug, uh, not a good day for the Bugster today. He's not impacting when he's forward and not finding heaps of it when he goes on the ball. So you would think uh, based on that, uh, it's not going to be Bug. Jeffy Garlett, he said, uh, played like an opportun- uh, uh, opportunist uh, cat today, seemed to continually want to do will-of-the-wisp type things, and on occasions he did but it's hard to see him fitting into a hard-running uh, tackling philosophy of our AFL team. So it doesn't fit with the yeah. Goodwin mould, does it? So neither of them. Uh, let me just. Uh, we've got Harley Ballack. Uh, I'm not sure how he's been doing. Uh, this is Baghdad Bob saying, I've been impressed by him since I saw him play against Frankston in the practice match uh, in the preseason, and today was another good, impactful uh, game. Uh, he was a target of two or three attempts by Williams. Town to hurt him off the ball 
and he copped a lot behind the play attention, uh, which I heard was a staple of uh, Williamstown's mm-hmm. game. Um, yep. uh, he's got good skills and knows how to find it, but the only query on him is pace. Uh, he's not slow, but he's certainly not fast, and and he will make it at AFL level uh, if pace isn't a deal-breaker. Uh, he has the knack of finding the ball uh, with time, but I just don't know how that will translate itself to AFL. It will be interesting to see how he goes if he gets the opportunity. So Balik's another one there. Um, uh, I'm not sure what the situation is with Tim Smith. Uh, he hurt his neck. Uh, he did come back on the ground uh, yeah. after that. Um, didn't didn't uh, also didn't uh, trouble the stat sheet uh, that much, but. Could be down no, to quiet, the to, to the to the neck injury, but uh, uh, Wiedemann, this is uh, Baghdad Bob, uh, pretty much unsighted early, but worked his way into the game and ended up being a fairly good player. Uh, it was a tight contested game where clean uh, entry into the fifty was not common, and he did most of his good work up the ground and on the ball, rucked for periods of the game and competed well, but didn't really impose himself a ball up. So. Again, <laughs> I don't know. Nothing I'm reading here about uh, some of the players to replace the forwards is uh, is is um, wetting my appetite. Um, uh, in terms of Jaden Hunt, uh, got lots of the ball, and uh, it appears he's been told to take the game on at every opportunity. Uh, as a result, was caught often and, <laughs> and turned it over often, and uh, you could see frustration on his face. Um, hmm. Yep. <laughs> yes. So, so that's that. Selection is uh, always interesting. Yeah, uh, with Simon Goodwin, and I don't think well, we've kept uh, kept an unchanged side for a few weeks, but uh, it's usually interesting with Goody. So this week will be very interesting. And look, we do have uh, a longer break, so we can rest up some of those guys. Uh, someone on Demon Lamb was down at training today. Uh, gave a training report. Uh, were you able to see that? Um, Yep. Uh, said, uh, just pulling it up uh, now, um, a few of the players were in um, in the light duties. Jack Viney, Melksham, uh, he wrote Joel Smith, but I asked a question whether it might have been Tim Smith considering the injury, but if Joel Smith is on light duties, does that uh, preclude him from being in selection? Um, uh, Mitch Hannon, Christian Salem and Tom McDonald were all in that light duties uh, group. Um, he, he, uh, this is Kevin Martin. Um, he said, vying for the Jake... Otherwise known as Kmart. Kmart, yes. He, vying for Jake Lever's position uh, looked to be either tall or small. Dion Johnson, uh, Sam Frost, Petty Harrison. Uh, no, <laughs> it's Harrison Petty. <laughs> um, Harley Ballack. Oh, I don't think Harley would be uh, vying for that position. Hunt and Wagner, all having extended training and being the last off the track, along with uh, Deck, uh, Kelty, and um, and Lachlan Filipovich and Sam Wiedemann. So it looks like a few of those Casey boys were having some extended training, um, which is you know I you know you can obviously see why, considering that some of those guys are in contention this week. Yep. Be interesting uh, selection. Um, uh, this week, uh, when do we find out the final teams? Probably not till Saturday or Saturday. Sunday. Yeah, Saturday. Yeah, so um, 
Yeah, watch. Uh, gotta, this. Gotta what, wait a bit, unfortunately. Yeah, but uh, that's all right. I watched uh, the Dave Misson uh, injury update, and uh, he said that Kent will be uh, back after the bye. Um, mentioned that um, uh, Vandenberg will start sort of with the main group training uh, this Sunday but will take a while to sort of get build up that fitness. Um, mm-hmm. But that that's that's a good sign. I'd like to see him, um, you know, at least back at least back at Casey at some point uh, in the back half, and you know, maybe pushing uh, for another you know spot. But um, probably his last roll of the dice if he gets injured again. You'd you'd, you'd probably say that's uh, that's it for him. Yeah. Um, anything else, uh, Grapevine? You want to? Talk Dave about. Misson mentioned Corey Maynard. He did mention him. Um, he said, um, oh, now I'm drawing a blank, but he said, I think he said that he'll, he's back in rehab training, but uh, I think it's indefinite still at the moment uh, to okay. when, when he'll be back. Uh, very disappointing for him. Um, yep. You know, there's a lot of players in that midfield that are playing very well at the moment and with him injured, not even getting a crack to get a crack into the... And, I mean, team. he was near the top of the uh, top of the waiting list at the start of the year yeah. and now he effectively goes back to the uh, to the back of the queue, doesn't he? Yeah, certainly does. Um, anything else on Demonland caught your eye uh, this week? Any, any interesting uh, threads? Uh, anything you want to talk about? <laughs> no, no, not uh, not quite at the moment. All right. Um, well, we'll um, we'll be back uh, next week. Um, great show next week because we'll be speaking um, speaking with Paul Roos. So um, very excited about uh, that. Um, yeah, and get everyone get down. Uh, get down to the G uh, this week. Um, we need the, we need the support. Um, I got an email saying all the uh, all the reserved uh, or the uh, guest passes have sold out. Um, so MCC's tipping seventy nine. Did you think that's a little bit low? Yeah, I think but it'll be above eighty. Yeah, you you reckon they're we- pretty spot on most times. Yeah, although they were out, they were out by about ten thousand on Anzac Eve. They said eighty-seven. I think it was seventy-seven in the end, wasn't it? What's the weather? What's the weather forecast? Um... It's meant to be nice on Monday. Yeah. So I actually think it will be eighty because Collingwood are up and about. Yeah, they'll they'll all get down there for sure. Yeah, Melbourne supporters get out uh, when we start (laughs) winning. So um, I'm pretty sure we got seventy last year, or perhaps seventy-two. And Collingwood weren't travelling well at that stage, so. Well, I um, I, I read our biggest crowd was uh, for these Queen's Birthday games was in two thousand and six. Well, no, no, that's two thousand nine. Recent. No, no, because, no. Uh, go ahead. No, because Melbourne and Collingwood set the all time. Yes, that was Queen's Birthday. Sorry, on Queen's Birthday. I think maybe they were mentioning the biggest have we when when was it that we had this deal with uh, Eddie i think maybe they'll talk th- about that since since yeah i think it might be in the current incarnation of the game yeah that that's the biggest crowd 
Anyway, that'll... We've been irrelevant for 10 years. Yeah, I forgot about so that. <laughs> there was that whole period. <laughs> isn't it nice... And they've been irrelevant for a few years. Yeah. Well, isn't it nice to to be to start being talked about again? Um, I mean, I, for years, was watching all these football shows and you'd, the only news we'd hear about us was how crap we're going or whether it was off-field issues or, you know, coaches mm. being sacked, but... It's it's nice, even though I don't think we're getting the credit we deserve yet, it's nice to be uh, in the conversation. Just one for the punters out there. Ethan Tremblay says that the trains will still be down with replacement buses again. Yeah, well, I'm not making that mistake and last. <laughs> but, but, but he lives in Perth, so... Well, I'm sure he does read social he's, media. <laughs> he's probably seen... Well, what, he's keeping up to date yeah, with Victorian um, public transport. Ethan, might declare, <laughs> declare whether this is a nonsense post of yours or uh, whether you are indeed up to date with the public transport Victoria schedule. Well, I, I don't know if I... I made... Uh, did you were, you... were you aware... I know you're on a different line, a train line to me... Um, I had no idea that they were doing works. Uh, maybe that's my own fault for not... <laughs> not got a guy check every week when I take the train. Really? I just yep. assume that they're going to work. <laughs> I get to the train station. Um, find out then. Uh, saw a sign saying, uh, but replacement buses. Um, I got on a bus um, and it took me an hour and 10 minutes to oh, get God. from Malvern uh to uh, to the uh, arts, the National Gallery. Not even they didn't even drop me off at uh, at uh, Flinders Street Station. So I did a bit of running and I made it just in time for the bounce and missed missed the banner, missed uh, Jonesy going Jonesy. through the banner. Yeah. So I was absolutely livid. But it's probably my own fault. Won't happen again this week. Um, I guess I've got to get there, get early. Maybe I'll maybe I'll take a cab. Buses, okay. are, buses are never a good way. No, I'm not going by anything. bus again. I'll, I'll um, and I'm not going to uh, I'm going to drive myself. I might use an Uber, <laughs> get to the ground. Yep. Uh, yeah, or go from. Are, are, the, are the Sandringham lines working? I mean, I'm sure this is fascinating radio. Yep, us talking I'll train be, schedules. I'll be checking, checking on uh, Monday morning, just to make sure. You might have to go down to Ripponlea Station and go from there. Yep. All right. I think we'll wrap it up there. Um, <laughs> train schedule, uh, the Dreamland podcast featuring uh, this week's train schedule brought to you by, um, I don't know, what are they called these days? It's not Public Metro. Public Transport Man. Victoria. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Public Transport Victoria. You really screwed up my, uh, my football experience last week. You owe me. All right. Uh, thank you. Um, thank you, Great Vining. Um, thank you, James Harms. Uh, thank you, Don't Make Me Angry. Uh, we'll be back uh, next Wednesday night with Paul Ruse on the Demonland podcast. Um, I might just mention, um, if you are listening to us via iTunes, uh, give us a review, um, but only if it's positive. Uh, if you give us a five-star review, we might even um, read it out on the, on the podcast. Um that's uh, you can find us on iTunes or on SoundCloud. Go days, big game. Go days.